Miller's locations. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Good morning. Welcome in once again. Miller and Condon on the air with you, minus the Miller, as he is in lovely Las Vegas. I'll be there later this evening as we'll take a road show out to Vegas tomorrow, live from 10 to noon from Circa, the VEASAN studios. Excited for that. But before that, i got a couple of hour radio here with you. We'll uh, talk the world of sports, get into everything happening across college basketball. Even going to sneak in a little wrestling today. Take a quick look here at the BMW of Des Moines guest list, and it is stacked up here today. A lot of quick hits with a lot of different people. We'll kick things off at 1020 as Kevin Lehman will stop by. We'll talk about, of course, Arch Madness, what he saw as he was on the call for most every game, TV and radio-wise, last weekend down there. Look forward to Loyola and the future of the NBC with Kevin Lehman. Chris Williams, he'll check in from Kansas City as long as we can get him up. Texting with him last night. He was having a good time. Williams will be here at about 10.40. 10.50, that wrestling conversation. Tony Hager will look forward to the NCAA championships as the brackets are out. Iowa, do they have a shot of taking home the crown? Certainly seating-wise, does not look like they're in real good shape there. We'll talk about that at 10.50 with Tony Hager of IA Russell. Kick off the 11 o'clock hour with Kenny White. Go out to Vegas and talk with him. Before we see him this weekend, Kenny White will join us. A breakdown with the gambling side of things with him at 11.05. Bracket wag, that is Shelby Mast. He'll be here at 11.30, the latest on the bracket. Xavier last night, maybe a devastating loss for Jack Nungy and the Musketeers, and we'll wrap it up with David Eichholt uh, about an hour before tip-off of the Iowa game here this afternoon as they face Northwestern. But before all that, I got a treat for you. Emery Songer, you've been hearing his voice this week on Murph and Andy, and... Now he's stepping up to the big time. It's Miller and Condon time. What's up? Hey, you know what? It has been incredibly long since I have been in the hot seat on this particular program or on any broadcast with you specifically. It is an honor. I am so happy to be asked by you. It was kind of happenstance. You were passing me some equipment for tonight's uh, high school game with Johnston playing in the state semifinals. Excited to be on the call for that. And then you were just like... What are you doing right now? Yeah, let's just talk. Well, let's talk, man. Thanks for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's always fun talking with you, Emery. And and we... We have similar perspectives of things on a lot of things. There are times, though, that we do take divergent paths. So certainly, our rooting interests are a part of that. We, we are, we're definitely on the opposite sides of the Cyhawk debate, but I yes. can tell you this. We do look at things kind of with a more nerdy perspective. Mm-hmm. We, we definitely dig into the numbers and break down what we see with a, a very, well, what's the right way to say this, calculating point of view like we really why did they do that how did they do that and talking about it. and that's why i love your guys show well we break down the numbers a lot i do have a question for you going to vegas so i'm going to open up my account when i get there get sure. set up staying at circa for the first time i've been there once but this will be my first time staying there the new casino down on front fremont street and of course one of our partners here with circus sports iowa and have you got into the gambling world deep uh, where are you right now because i know you weren't a degenerate like me before it was legal you weren't firing. You weren't yeah, opening yeah. up offshore accounts. You weren't a guy like that, no. like I have been for the last two decades. <laughs> Plus now, oh man, I'm getting old. But 
are you into it? Is it something you dabble in? Just because I know you love horse racing and that, yeah, you know, gambling goes hand in hand with that. So fill me in where you are here a couple of years in now to legalize sports wagering. Well, you know, as we do, you know, we have partners that that absolutely, you know, uh, like to advertise on all of our radio stations, and you can't you can't avoid that. Mm-hmm. So. I uh, I've I've looked at all the apps. Yeah. You know, you, you get kind of shop around what what apps make the most sense. Take advantage of you know your early betting deals that you have. And I am a I'm not an every night I have to have some some action. Okay, but if I feel good about something, What's I'm wrong I'm, with you? I'm constant. Yeah, <laughs> I'm constantly keeping an eye on lines. I mean, when I see a line that just doesn't make a lot of sense to me, I I play it mm-hmm. and. and I'm usually pretty responsible on it, but I am much more likely. Uh, I like to build kind of three team parlays based on mm-hmm. you know if I just kind of want to play a little bit tonight, I'm going to find three games in various sports that I can put together. Uh, but usually, if I see a line that doesn't make sense, I'm going to put a solid chunk on it and feel good about it. And my so my percentage is pretty high. I'm yeah. not going to lie to you, but I don't play enough for it to like balance itself out, and I'm not getting rich on it, but I'm having a heck of a lot of fun. So. I'm an everyday player. I think everybody knows that. We end every program every day with my picks of the day from Circus Sports. And I'm one of those people, though, but I don't bet a lot. I am a, my unit, if you will, is 11 bucks. $11 to win 10. That is my unit. People, and I get this all the time, going around talking to people, man, you, you must, you must have a ton. Of, no, I don't have a ton of money in my accounts because I just do it for the action more than anything. Long term is rarely a money making proposition in order to be, make a living at it. It is incredibly difficult. I mean, you got to be, you need to make it a full time job yeah. in order to really be a long term money making player. And that's not me. I don't dig into it that deep, but I like it. And, you know, we start today. We look at this afternoon, Iowa Northwestern, this evening, Texas Tech against Iowa State. And you look at those games and you look at them with the point spread perspective. Iowa State, an eight and a half dog to Texas Tech. Northwestern, about the same seven or half or eight, depending on where you're shopping right now. So I, I pose it this way. Who's more likely to pull off the upset tonight? Who between Iowa State and Northwestern's more likely to win? And I don't think it's close. I, I think it's the Cyclones. It's and, not close. And I love the Cyclones team this week. The odds are incredible for them to win the crown. I don't think they're winning three in a row. And no. certainly not the path if the seeds play out. Tech, Baylor, Kansas, that is nearly impossible to pull that off in you three could, consecuative days. You could get some help. but might, might get to dodge one of them. At 38-1, to 1, and that's their odds right now at Circa to win the conference crown, that is, that's incredible to get those kind of odds because even if they beat Texas Tech and, say, Oklahoma pulls an upset today and they beat Baylor, you're in really good shape. And if they ultimately don't win that third game, you can do hedging. You can hedge out of that bet and make sure you make a profit. So because of that, I jumped on the Cyclones. And today, with this Texas Tech team that... It'd been so good. Just, I think it was three weeks ago. I dabbled. I jumped on them for a future to get to the Final Four, another one to win the national championship. They were just playing so well. And over the last couple of weeks, it's not the same Texas Tech team I think we saw throughout most of January and into February. They're coming back the other way. We know Iowa State, when it goes bad offensively, can go really bad here. But Like historically bad. I, I, think, this, I think this is a good matchup. Yeah, they're a good team. You're going to see all good teams in the Big 12. This is a good matchup, I think, tonight for the Cyclones. Well, Iowa State did win a very low-scoring affair the first meeting. They played Texas Tech very quickly in the middle of January the second time and did not win, uh, scored more points. But that's typically not a game Iowa State is going to win. If we're scoring 65-plus, it's not 
it's not ideal for the Cyclones. So you got to go back into Texas Tech. Uh, they lost to Oklahoma State in a low-scoring affair in their one game so far this month. If you go back to how February ended for them, uh, they were averaging about the last three games, 68 to and a half points per game. Um, they can score the ball typically, but they have had games where they're under 55 points mm-hmm. with some level of regularity. Yes. And yeah, they've won a few of those games, but Iowa State, that is their bread and butter. If they can get 20 points from Isaiah Brockington, which I don't think is incredible to ask for, no. and you talk about maybe Gabe Kausher, who did for a few games there look like a guy who could absolutely be a legitimate number two scoring option if the shot is falling, and then you have the defense that they are known for, and you know the defense is going to be there. I cannot imagine Texas Tech going up 27-4 to in the first <laughs> portion of the, sec- of the first half of the game, and-, and you're digging yourself that big of a hole. I think Iowa State is a good play at 38-1 to to win the whole thing, yeah. but I also think that, uh, like you said, if you're just looking at tonight's game, I really, really like them to cover, what, eight and a half? Eight and a half, yeah. I mean, gee whiz, uh, considering how low-scoring I could anticipate this game being. um, But at the same time, I think Texas Tech is the better team. I think Texas Tech would win. I love your futures bet still of them being an outside Final Four case team. This Mm -hmm. is a team, even though Chris Beard is not there, this team has done it before. This team is battle-tested because look at the schedule. Yeah. Look at the conference they play in. They are still ranked in the top 15 uh, in most by most accounts. And yes, they didn't look super great down the stretch, but think about who they were playing on a night-in and night-out basis. You are going to have doldrums. You're going to have bad weeks in the Big 12. I like this team still. I think they beat Iowa State tonight, but I don't think they beat them by nine or more. I also think Texas Tech is a good outside tracker for a potential Big 12 championship mm-hmm. and potentially a Final Four appearance. Like this Texas Tech team, like the toughness. You go back to the first time they played, they played without Terrence Ross, who yes. hasn't been right all year. You know, I expected kind of more out of him, or Terrence Shannon, excuse me, this season. But they played I know who you're talking about. Yeah, they played with a guy with a couple of their starters. I don't think you can tell anything. It's a different Iowa State team. This is a different Texas Tech team, though, than we saw at that point. So going to be great today. We get the four games basically in every major conference. Some of the big boys, they're on by. They're waiting. Big Ten, uh, you get that as, as they're waiting through here. Also in the Big 12, I mentioned Baylor, Oklahoma. You give Oklahoma a shot here today. Same kind of point spread. It's eight at DraftKings, eight and a half at Circa right now. Those are the numbers for Oklahoma, Baylor. Do you like the Sooners today or, or Baylor is it time for Baylor just to turn it on? And we've seen this happen with them really throughout a long, long time. They start to play their best basketball late. They come in in a five-game winning streak. They are going to cover. I feel comfortable in saying that. Like you said, this is winning time. And is there a, like, yeah, Kansas is the blue bud, but do you trust anybody more than Baylor to win the Big 12? Like, if you had to really put your trust into one school to Mm -hmm. win, considering what happened last year, right. and they went almost a calendar year without losing a game. I mean, this is a team that you is a force to be reckoned with. They have the same coach and coaching staff, which Texas Tech does not mm-hmm. from a Final Four appearance. There's a lot to like about the way that they played down the stretch against good competition. The way they started that game against Iowa State, I was there's no way anybody's beating this team, <laughs> right. right? Now, obviously, things changed. Iowa State was able to battle back and tie that game eventually. But when it came to winning time, and yes, they were at home, but when it came to winning time, they were able to pull back away, not let Uncle Mo, if you believe in that sort of thing, uh, 
catch hold of them against a scrappy Iowa State team. They were able to finish it off, and then they get to you know kick back a little bit, watch the games tonight, have an opportunity to you know see how things play out. They're the only team that gets a bye this year because of Oklahoma State ineligibility. So uh, there's uh, or they're the only team I think realistically that you can put legitimate trust in as the Big Twelve champion. If my life depended on it, I'd have to pick them. Now, you look at Oklahoma, you want to talk about kind of a bipolar season that they have had. Um, It's the Big 12, so a 17 and 14 team coming out of the Big 12, I respect with quite a bit. But when they're playing the defending national champions, I can't, in good faith, select Oklahoma to cover here. And in fact, I think this is going to be pretty ugly. Oklahoma had a stretch after the win against Iowa State, which I think was an eye-oper for a lot of people, just how well the Sooners played, what, the last eight minutes or so of that game and pulled away from the Cyclones. After that, they lost 11 of 13. Their only wins, a road game at West Virginia and beating Texas Tech at home. Then they come back and they win their final three games, not against heavyweights by any means, but beat Oklahoma State, beat West Virginia, and beat Kansas State. So they come in, again, that momentum word, if you believe in it, with three consecutive wins, they know they have to get a win to be an NCAA tournament team. They're not getting in at 17 and 15. Absolutely not. Uh, do you do you believe in Uncle Mo? I do. I do. And it's funny because as an analytical person, I'm not supposed to, right? For somebody that p- p- takes a look at analytics, it's everything is an individual sequence. There is no such thing. Well, college basketball, there's no doubt. Momentum plays a part. High school sports, it plays a, I, a part. I think it plays a part in every sport. Yes. I really do. Because... And, and I I understand the analytic side of things, mm-hmm. and I understand that saying everything is, you know, the probability resets in a lot of ways based on what we know historically. But I know personally, I play in the Mid-Iowa Baseball League, which is a mm-hmm. wood-bat baseball league here, and when there's a guy on third base, I feel different in the box. Yeah. Okay, and yeah, my numbers over a big sample size could probably tell you, runner in scoring position, this guy tenses up, he doesn't have as good a batting average, he doesn't get on bases frequently. That's one thing, right? In a basketball game, you're telling me that that doesn't affect your shooting percentage, that doesn't affect where you might try to take shots, that doesn't affect in some guy's mind if they even want the ball in their hands? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, 120%. Baylor is not going to be messing around tonight. I, I don't think so. Oklahoma would have to get off to a very good start for me to think they'll even cover. But if they do, I got, I got the app handy. All right, all I, right. I, I, I might like those odds eventually, <laughs> right? we got Henry Sager in here for us with the first segment today. Miller and Condon on KXNO. Let's jump to the Big Ten. As open of a Big Ten tournament that I can remember. You know, there's so many years where you'll see a team make a run. Penn State's had a couple of those where they get to the semifinals. Northwestern had one of those runs a couple of years back where they got to Saturday in the semifinals. But this one here, ultimately, you see one of the top teams is going to win it. Would you be shocked if Michigan State all of a sudden figured it out? Izzo puts it together. We've seen it happen before. Maryland, ton of talent. It's been a lost season for the Terps. Danny Manning, as he's on his way out as the interim coach, they put it together and make a run and maybe get to Saturday and the championship game. And then at the top, do you trust Purdue with that terrible defense? I don't. Do you trust Wisconsin? We saw it without Johnny Davis just how bad that team can be. Illinois, inconsistent all season long. You know, I was the second betting choice right now at a couple of places, and we know Iowa's history in the Big Ten tournament certainly isn't pretty losing to double-digit seeds. So you go through here, it feels as open of a Big Ten the winner of the Michigan-Indiana game that tips off here in 15 minutes, that one, could you see them beating Illinois next round? Yeah, I absolutely can see that. It feels as open as I remember in the Big Ten. I like Iowa, if you're an Iowa fan, to play Iowa to win the whole thing because of how open it is. 
they won't because that's not what Iowa does. <laughs> they got typically. to Saturday last year they did. for the first it, time. And But the way they're playing, and if you're a big fan of momentum, yes. I know that it kind of ended on a little bit of a sour note in Champaign, but at the same time, if you were going to tell Iowa fans a month and a half ago that you're going to go to Champaign on a six-game winning streak and you're going to lose by two to Illinois on senior day there, I, I think Iowa fans would be like, well, heck yeah, that means we're playing pretty good ball. That means we're going to the Big Ten tournament feeling good. I feel great about them today. I think they're going to win big again today. I don't think Northwestern has anything to try to even potentially stop Keegan Murray if he's able to stay out of foul trouble. If everybody plays their role, this is a much better team than they're playing today. Good tune-up for what could be Rutgers' team that, again, incredibly beatable. The idea that Rutgers got the four seed in yeah. this conference, pretty crazy. But that, a solid team and yes. a team that does know how to win this time of the year with this group specifically. A uh, lot to like about that team. I personally think Iowa should be a solid favorite in that matchup. I do like Purdue. I think still, if I, uh, much like Baylor in the Big Twelve, if I if my life depended on picking a team that I felt safe winning that conference, mm-hmm. and I could honestly live with dying, if you will, if uh, it meant that they didn't win. It would be Baylor in the Big 12. It would be Purdue in the Big 10. I know that's the easy answer. They know how to win this time of the year. They do have the most potent offensive players in the conference, I think. If you were to throw you know, one of these hot teams at them, I still think they have what it takes to curb that momentum a little bit better. Yes, they do allow a lot of points. And yes, they have gotten got by some teams they probably shouldn't lose to. But you could say the same thing about some of the top conferences all over the country. I think Purdue's the best team here. I do think it'd be fun to watch Michigan State or a Maryland or a Michigan kind of get hot, and I know Michigan is going to be playing for the tournament lives, I still think that you're probably going to see Purdue be the team to beat, and I think you're going to hear all of the talking heads on a national level say, Purdue's the team that's the scariest coming out of this conference heading into the big tournament. They can be so good offensively, and we've seen that all year. They're the number one ranked team right now in offensive efficiency at Ken Palm. Jaden Ivey, when he gets in the open floor, he's a good shooter on top of it. It's hitting 37% from downtown. Williams off the bench. I mean, Travion Williams was an all-Big Ten player, and he comes off the bench for him because well, you can't play those two, him and Zach Eady together. So I have a question for you. If you're drawing out the Big Ten mm-hmm. and you're talking about the scariest guys that you don't want to see in a big game, especially in clutch time, I mean, mm-hmm. Johnny Davis got to be in the mix. Where does Keegan Murray fall? Where's Ivy at? You know, Ivy to me is... EJ that, Liddell? Yes. I, I mean, like, there, there's a, a long list of guys that would be a scary proposition to play, and it could come down to maybe the second guy mm-hmm. being the biggest difference maker. And I think Purdue has... Maybe the second and third guy, and Stefanovic, and Han- I, mean, I love goes, that team. It goes on and on and on. Yeah. So if you know the big guys are going to cancel each other out, I think Purdue has the kind of depth that can get them buckets in big moments in big games. I just trust them more than anybody else in this bracket. Back to Iowa for a moment. Last thing for you, Emery. The Hawkeyes come in. It feels different. It feels different than some of the teams that have come into the Big Ten tournament, either limping, uh, having some struggles late in the year. But there also seems to be a different. I don't know. Toughness factor, basketball IQ. There's, there seems to be something different with this team. They're certainly a lot better defensively. They've improved a ton on the rebounding side of things. But that's also maybe a bit of the fan perspective. Maybe that's me trying to talk myself into this being different. And they're not going to lose to Northwestern. No. They're not going to lose that game. This isn't going to happen again. Do you see this as a different Iowa team? I feel better about them. But like you said, this is kind of the antithesis of most of the seasons that we know under Fran McCaffrey, where they got off to a start that, yeah, you won a lot of games, but a lot of people were just like, this team's not for real. There was no you know real quality victory there. And then as soon as you started playing good teams, you got beat, you got destroyed by Iowa State. There were a lot of question marks coming into this calendar year 2022. 
and then to play better as the season wore on to get more out of guys like Chris Murray. Jordan Mohannon seems to kind of have found that the role that he needs at this stage in his career, and that's why he made the you know, honorable mention for all Big Ten. There's a lot to like about what they have, even though they lost a ton from last year, and I think that chip-on-the-shoulder mentality that they have now, whereas they didn't really have that with Luca Garza last year and Joe Wieskamp and C.J. Frederick and that group, this year I feel like they have something to prove, and I do feel better about them going into this tournament. That being said, they very well could dominate today like we would expect them to and go into Rutger, uh, the Rutgers game, and Rutgers beats them by 12, and yeah. that really wouldn't surprise me that much. Boo Booey, going to be back. He played just limited minutes when they played a couple of weeks ago. He was dealing with injury, uh, sickness, I think it was. Also, Pete Nance was uh, banged up in that game. He, I think, also had an illness. So it's going to be a different Northwestern team than we saw at senior night here, but what, a week and a half ago? Northwestern. But it's Northwestern. Throttle him. I, Pound him. I, what are, <laughs> Who's making the money now, right? Yeah. This is where you make your money. Keegan, be a star. Hey, and, and look, you're, this, this is an opportunity to win by 20, get guys in the game, feel good about it, be rested. You know you're going to be up against a good Rutgers team tomorrow. Just take care of business. This get, The last 10 minutes of this game should not be – nobody should be sweating about it. Nobody should feel nervous about it. And you should be able to manipulate your rotation exactly how you planned. You won't have to worry about anything, especially assuming Murray stays out of foul trouble in the first half. You, this is the kind of game you just want to feel good at the end of it. Emery, it's been fun. Thanks for joining me. We should do this again sometime. I, I think that is a great idea. Have a good call tonight. Johnston against Cedar Rapids Prairie. You can hear that one, 96.9 The Bull. Emery and John Lamb, they'll be on the call. 7 o'clock with the pregame, 7.15 tip. Winner plays for a championship tomorrow night. Thanks, Emery. Hey, anytime, man. Emery Songer joining us here. We're going to take a quick timeout. We'll come back on the other side. Continue the basketball conversation. we got a lot of it here today. we got Chris Williams coming on this hour. We're going to talk also some wrestling with Tony Hager. But next, a little basketball, look back at Arch Madness, and a look forward at the MVC. Kevin Lehman joins me next as we continue. It's Miller and Condon at LaceAcoffer.com. Now back to Middle and Condon on 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM. Chuck got it back with you as we take you up until noon. It's Miller and Condon. Thanks for joining us. Time to hit up the guest list, and we got a big one today on the BMW Des Moines guest list. We kick things off today with Kevin Lehman. Big thank you to Emery Songer for opening up the show with me. Now you got me and a host of guests, including Kevin Lehman, who was at Arch Madness. He was on the call for a bunch of the games, both TV and radio-wise, and ultimately Loyola brings home the championship for another year as they depart getting ready to move on to the A-10 after this season. Kevin, thanks for joining us here today from St. Louis, now Omaha this weekend. How are you? I'm doing good. I had the... uh... The call on I my days are all mixed up. I think it was Tuesday night of the Summit League, South Dakota State, North Dakota State. I tell you what, Kent, or Trent, that place up there in the uh, Denny Stanford Premier Center, mm-hmm. twelve thousand people in there for that uh, championship game. It was rocking. It's one of the best atmospheres I've seen in a mid-major uh, postseason tournament. That's really cool, no doubt about it. And uh, a lot of good majors going on. South Dakota State, they get the championship over North Dakota State. They look like a team you know, that could be definitely sneaky. We talked about Murray State this year. And, of course, Loyola. Now, we'll see about at-large bids and how that plays out here. But when you look at the top end of the mid-majors, it, leaving the WCC and Gonzaga out of this, because the Zags have kind of made their own bed. They're a different entity. But when you look at the rest of the mid-majors, 
Is it better than it's been in the past? It feels that way, at least on the surface. I think because the Mountain West has done really well. Mm-hmm. So Wyoming, uh, Colorado State, San Diego State, they've kind of taken a step forward. But, you know, the A-10 is step, taking a step back. Loyal's going to be joining that joining that league. But you know what's happening, uh, Trent? We've talked about this before. It's just hard to get in there because of the lack of ability to get those quad one, quad two wins for these mid-majors. So schedules become a, a real problem. That's why I'm kind of excited to see the Valley go to a 20-game schedule next year which I am pretty certain is going to happen, it's going to ease the scheduling for those leagues, for that league. Plus, you bring in uh, Belmont and Murray State, which are high-net teams this year, and I would expect they would be in the future. So I think it's going to bid well for the Valley to get multiple bids as we go forward. Yeah, the addition of those two, definitely basketball heavyweights. You look at the history, certainly recent history with with Belmont and what they've done, a great locale in Nashville, and uh, bringing a fan base that will travel. Murray State, maybe not the same locale, but certainly a basketball pedigree. I think 18 NCAA tournaments in their history there. The other addition, UIC. Illinois-Chicago comes in. Big school, big enrollment numbers, not a very good basketball program, but it's kind of a lot of the same things we talked about with Loyola when they came into the MVC. A lot of people questioned it, myself included, saying, come on, you're not getting the Chicago market here. This is a terrible move, and it worked out well. Can UIC move, not at the same fashion, but can it work at least in a positive light when you look at the future of the MVC? Well, Trent, it's funny you should mention that. You were not a favor of Loyola because neither was I at the time. My son had graduated from there in 2009, and basketball in Rogers Park was an afterthought. They got the right guy in there in Porter Mosier, and they made the commitment financially, and that place just took off. And then Doug Elgin, commissioner of the Valley, looked like a genius when they go to the Final Four. Well, the same thing happened here with uh, UIC. I don't know, but you know, it still keeps in that Chicago market. Uh, I think it really helps Bradley, Illinois State, Valpo, those schools, because they want to recruit in that area. But I tell you what the Valley's really excited about, Trent, is Murray State's going to bring a ton, I mean a ton of people to the Valley Tournament. They've kind of lost that since Wichita State Mm -hmm. and Creighton have moved on, and they're waiting for Southern Illinois to get good because they have a huge fan base in St. Louis. So I think that's another thing they're excited about. What's going to do for the excitement? of the Valley Tournament at the Enterprise Center. Going to be big, getting fans in there, always important. Missouri State, another team, when they're good, that can travel. Illinois State always feels like a sleeping giant. They went out and got a new coach there. There's certainly, you look at the future, some things to be excited about. To the here and now, let's look at Loyola, their chances of making a run. Sweet 16 a year ago, of course, had the Final Four run going back four years previous to that. When you look at this Loyola team, when they get to the big dance, regardless of seeding, does this team have a similar type of run? Can they pull maybe one of those big upsets in the round of 32? Well, here's what's different. They don't have the unicorn that they've had at center the last four years in Cameron Crutwig. But other than that, these teams got depth. They're strong. You know, Drew Valentine's brought in that Michigan State mentality defensively where they will physically beat you up. And that's what they did against Northern Iowa in that semifinal game. Northern Iowa got the wrong set of officials in John Higgins a couple others are going to let that game be physical. They just got outmanned in that. Uh, but I think this Loyola team, they have the weapons. They're one of the few teams in the Valley that has three postmen, big, strong guys that keep running in and out. Uh, that's what you see in mid-majors. You have a lack of depth in the front line. And uh, Lucas Williamson has really expanded his game offensively. You know, he was third in the voting for the 
Valley, Larry Bird Trophy. And I thought uh, that was a misjustice for that kid because he has really defensive player of the year, but he's improved at the offensive end. And Braden North, their point guard, that kid's as tough as nails. So, yeah, I think this is a team. Can they get the, I think they can get a first round win. Can they get the Sweet 16? That's quite possible for the Loyola team. Interesting. We're talking with Kevin Lehman here, taking a look back at Arch Madness and a look forward at the MVC in the future. Final thing for you, you mentioned the UNI game. After getting a nice win against Illinois State in the quarters, Loyola, just uh, the physical nature made it very difficult. How about Drake beating Missouri State in that great semifinal game, getting to the championship? Ultimately, of course, you want to win it all and get to the NCAA tournament, but in a year with so many injuries, including one late, to DJ Wilkins. I think a lot of credit due to Coach DeVries, what he was able to do with this group, so banged up throughout the season. He's done it every year. They've got injured. They've taken him into uh, St. Louis and they've done well. They've got their fingers crossed right now because, of course, Northern Iowa gets the automatic bid to the NIT. I really think either Drake or Missouri State's going to get a bid there. You know, Drake beat Missouri State. But Missouri State's got a higher net, and Missouri State beat Drake twice during the regular season. I think it's going to be a tough call there. I don't know if they'll get three teams from the Valley NIT. I'm actually doing an email right now because uh, I just got uh, responding to ESPN about availability for NIT games. So mm-hmm. kind of excited about that coming up. I'd love to see the Bulldogs in that. Think, think if that happens. We're going to have four teams in postseason play <laughs> in the men's side, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I. And if Drake can sneak in there, too, it's going to be a fun march. Come tournament time. Uh, no doubt about it. Hey, we'll get you out on this. Iowa gets ready for Northwestern today. It feels on the surface to be a different type of Fran McCaffrey Iowa team. I, I don't know what it is. It's hard to exactly put your finger on it, but does this team feel different to you? Feel like it doesn't matter about the matchup, that they have a chance to make a run here and at the very least get to the second weekend of the tournament? Well, Trent, you know what's different. They're guarding somebody. Yes. Your number, this is your number 11 or 12 for Coach McCaffrey. They're finally getting down and guarding people. And I thought the same thing this morning as I was trying to do some notes here to get ready for you. This team has a different feel about it. And that being connected, uh, I just think this group is really close. And when that happens, you can really accomplish some great things. You know, the sum is greater than the whatever that saying is. Uh, I can't remember. It's a total of parts or something. But this team, they got something, they got kind of that in about them, something special. Of course, you got Keegan Murray. This kid has turned into a stud. And I think the stroke of genius for Fran McCaffrey was moving Bohannon back to the point guard position and getting Toussaint contribute off the bench the way he has. So, yeah, I got high hopes for this Iowa team. There's uh, I talk about Ken Pomeroy a lot. There's another site that's an analytics site, Bart Torvik. Since February 1st, Iowa the second-best team in the country, second offensively, 35th in defense. They've taken a big step forward, and they get Northwestern here this afternoon about 1 o'clock. Kevin Lehman, as always, thanks for the time. Enjoy the call when you get ready for the NAT. Hopefully get a couple of good games, and hopefully no long road trips for you. (laughs) Well, I'm trying to figure out who they're going to match the Panthers up against. I'm here in, like, Oklahoma. Ah. Nowhere close, man. Keep it close. Keep it close. Thanks for your time, Kevin. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Kevin Lehman joining us. Brought to you by Washer Systems of Iowa. All of our MVC coverage throughout the college basketball season brought to you by Washer Systems of Iowa. Thanks to Jeff Egley. Got great stuff going on there. Power washers and equipment. Go to washersystemsofiowa.com to find out more. We'll come back 
We got more basketball. Big 12 tournament started last night. West Virginia, Huggy Bear, he was having fun in the postgame press conference telling Kansas they need to fire Bill Self, his buddy, if they lose the game. We'll talk to Chris Williams on the Cyclone perspective. Big 12 talk in Iowa State with Williams next. Also, a little wrestling before we get out of here. Tony Hager from IA Wrestle. He'll join us at 10.50. We roll through on a Thursday. It's Miller and Condon. Healthy Community. Miller and Condon rolls through on a Thursday. Basketball already going on. Michigan, Indiana underway. We'll keep you updated. Picks coming up later on in the program today presented by Circa Sports. And speaking of Circa, that's where Ken and I will be tomorrow. Ken already in Vegas. I will get there later this afternoon. Well, it'll be early evening out there and get ready for Iowa State tonight and their matchup against Texas Tech. Speaking of the Cyclones right now, Chris Williams joins us live from Kansas City. And Williams, very happy to hear your voice. I didn't know if you were going to wake up after our text last night. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm good. I'm good. It's the trail, baby. You know? No, but uh, it's uh, it's good to be back down here with... Um, you know, like actual like people, and it's like a real tournament again, and it hasn't been for two years. So, nonetheless, it's like it's snowing really poorly out right now. So, if you're obviously people know this, but if you're driving, don't be don't be too big of a hero because I'm 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 hearing like six to like ten inches down in the Kansas City area. I don't wow. even know what you're going to get in Des Moines, but yeah, like we're like right in the thick of this thing down here, which is just so rare. Normally. It's kind of like the start of spring mm-hmm. when you come to Kansas City for the Big 12 tournament and people can, you know, it's usually like 60 degrees, honestly, when this tournament's going on. So this is a little bit a little bit of a different feel around here. Well, a different feel for Iowa State. They get ready for Texas Tech, the 3-6 matchup. That's the night one. And it makes things, I think, easier for some of the fan base. They can work a half day, get on the road this afternoon, get down there, get lubed up a little bit, have a couple of cocktails and get ready for it. But let's talk about this matchup here. I like the matchup. Texas Tech over the last week and a half, certainly not playing their best basketball. We know about some of the offensive issues that can crop up here, but boy, it really feels like a game that could come down to last five minutes and, and you can sneak it out 56-52. I mean, you're right, and, and, it, and it probably will unless Iowa State has one of those like baffling offensive nights that they are prone to do every once in a while. The tech thing's interesting, Trent, because they're the teams are. This is kind of how I describe it. Like they, what they're doing, they they do the same thing. It's just tech has better players, mm-hmm. right? Like so, I, I will be interested to see if Iowa State wants to get into that sort of like a fight with tech, right? It's it's advantageous for Iowa State to play that way a lot of times, uh, but tech does the same thing. So I, we'll see. I mean, I, I do think that. Um, It'll be a close game because that's how these two teams always play. It's how they're built. But I also wouldn't be surprised. You know, Iowa State is just—they shoot so much better on the road. They're like a—they're like a different team. And I don't know. We'll we'll see. Like I, if you're if if you're looking at it, I mean, maybe Iowa State comes out and does some different things too. You know, like I—they're not going to completely reinvent what they what they are. But I also just don't know. But man, I just don't know if they go straight up with Tech. Like if they can beat them, I mean, Tech's so good defensively, and Iowa State is not a good offensive team, right? So mm-hmm. from that aspect, I don't like the matchup. But the good thing is, I mean, they Oklahoma State held Tech without a field goal for like ten minutes the other day, <laughs> right? So Tech can go on these like 
baffling offensive spurts as well. So from that aspect, like you don't go into tonight being like, oh, man, we got to score 80 to win, right? It certainly doesn't feel that way at least. Caleb Grill, conference game, shooting 54.5% from three on the road, 20 of 37, 10.9% at home, 5 of 46. Can you? Yeah. Is there any way that you can come up with any reason that that would be? Home and away, the splits were opposite. Yeah, that would make sense. You're doing it in the gym that you practice in. Any idea why this could possibly be? The only thing that I have is that it's a mental thing for him, and he gets too amped up to play at Hilton. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a clearly a good shooter, right? Like, I mean, because you, you can see it. Like, and when I say that, like, he he looks like one. He has great form. The the release is good. All he has confidence, right? Like, he's not he's not afraid to have the ball in his hands. But at Hilton, he's a different guy. And is he is he overthinking Hilton? Is he get too amped up to play there? It it has to be a mental thing. Is the only thing I can think of because, like you said, it. It's just such a odd statistic. I don't think I've ever covered a guy who, um, I mean, most of Iowa State guys, like you said, it, it's the opposite. It's usually never that extreme. But for that to be that extreme on the road, it just doesn't make any more sense to me other than it's got to be a mental thing with him. I don't think it's like the lights. or like There's like a theory out there that, oh, Hilton switched up the lights and it messed up with the shooting and all the stuff. Because like you said, they practice there. They're used to it. I mean, it, it might be different for fans who go to the building twice a year. But like, there's just no way for a shooter like that. It's got to be get that young man a, a sports psychologist <laughs> right. hang out built for the summer. 8.30 tip-off tonight, Iowa State, Texas Tech. What's the plan here this afternoon? Are you going to hop on with, uh, with Ross at all during the Fanatics? Yeah, I will. I'm going to sit in my uh, room here probably and watch the Iowa game. Thing is, like down here, like um, is the Iowa game on Big Ten Network? Yes, yep. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to stream it because nothing in Kansas City has Big Ten Network. It's wild. Like I really wanted to watch Nebraska Northwestern last night, mm-hmm. couldn't find anywhere that had it, so ended up watching it on my phone. I think uh, you were watching yeah, the bottom of your drink too. <laughs> I'll, I'll no doubt about that, brother. <laughs> I will be um, I'll be hanging out in my hotel watching Iowa probably get on and react with Ross to that and then head over for the nightcaps at Sprint Center because it's just that that game is scheduled for 830 but you know how the second mm-hmm. ones go like it if it tips off at 830 I would be really surprised so it'll be a late night tonight for sure we'll look at your coverage at Cyclone Fanatic and hear you this afternoon on the Fanatics and tomorrow fingers crossed before another matchup in the semifinals Chris Williams as always thanks for your time appreciate it yeah thanks brother Chris checking in from Kansas City from KC we come back home and we go from basketball to some wrestling. Tony Hager joining us. IA Wrestle, wall-to-wall coverage, of course, a couple weeks ago of the state wrestling tournament. And now they get set for the NCAAs as we'll get into the brackets that came out yesterday. But before that, Tony, thanks as always for joining us. Good to talk with you again. It's a busy time of season for you. Hey, you can see the finish line, right? You're getting to the end of the marathon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We I always say that wrestling is a... Uh is just kind of about ready to end. And then now freestyle is going to be picking up here next month. Iowa really has ramped things up as far as their freestyle and Greco goes. So right now wrestling is looking like a year-round sport for a lot of people. Well, you guys have a so, big... Including me. <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, Tony, you got a big event uh, coming up here in Des Moines, coming up uh, right around the corner. The Night of Conflict, conflict excuse me. Uh, fill us in. You can go to nightofconflict.com for the details. But fill us in what's happening there with the event. 
Yeah, so we we're checking out. Um, we got a new venue here in Des Moines. We've never had an event here, Trent, and we've been wanting to get find a good place. Franklin Junior High. It's been around for many years. It's actually an old church now that we're going to be in. So um, it, it's going to seat almost twenty five hundred people. But we won't we won't get close to that. But it'd be great if we would. Yeah. But um, kids are going to be on a big stage. We've got twenty two matches. We have nine youth matches, anywhere from third graders to eighth graders and some of these guys are at the youth level multiple state champs um wrestle across the country um so a lot of a lot of youth that are in the area and then our high school we've got um mj gayton from california taking on aiden riggins who's from waverly shell rock number one versus number two in the country that's our headliner right there and then uh, for local people nate jessaroga a lot of people have heard that name from southeast polk he's taking on four-time state champion marcel lopez of new london so those are some of your marquee headliner matchups for us um that we're really excited that we were able to to get on that card and good work out of you you got a couple of osage wrestlers the green devils will be represented we do tucker <laughs> stangle's going to be on it and usually we we uh barrett mueller so we uh, we love those Green Devils. Uh, no doubt about it. That's the Night of Conflict. All the details, ticket information, nightofconflict.com. Tony, as we get ready for the NCAAs in Detroit, first a quick look back. Disappointing Big Tens for Iowa, including a lot of medical forfeits at the end of the tournament. Same thing in the Big 12 for Iowa State. Both the in-state programs, the big ones we talk about a ton. Kind of frustrating conference tournaments, I think, for both those fan bases. Yeah, I would say, I mean, as far as a fan base goes, I mean, Iowa really is the one that everyone's talking about because we had a lot of, you know, they had a lot of medical forfeits. And when you travel into events, you want to be able to watch watch your wrestlers, right? Mm-hmm. And Hawkeyes are known to being um, just grinders. But the, people need to realize that at the end of the day, NCAA tournament is what matters. And we've got a lot of banged up Iowa Hawkeyes. So, <laughs> I mean, we've got issues at 25. I mean, almost up and down the lineup, we really have guys that are battling through serious injuries, torn ACLs, labrum issues. So, you know, with a Hawkeye um, team that is older, you know, some of these guys, are you know, they came back for that uh, that extra year. You know, you, you have to expect some, some injuries. So I, that's, that's really what most people are frustrated about is not necessarily the finish, just that they weren't able to watch some of their Hawkeyes compete. They get ready for the Nationals now. Brackets out yesterday. Uh, you look at the seating, the way things went seating-wise, Iowa, Iowa State, you and I. Any big beefs, anything that jumped off the page to you? I mean, actually not. I mean, I think if you're Iowa, you're really happy with your seeds, really at 25. Um, and Penn State's got some some um, spots in the brackets where they could get on the backside pretty easy. Um you know, Brady Berge, um came back from actually being an assistant coach at South Dakota State to come back wow. and compete for the New Lions. So, I mean, he'll have David Carr from Iowa State in the second match, I believe is what that was. And, you know, that, that could put Berge on the back right away. So, you know, you can look at it, he has potential to score a lot of points on the backside, but, you know, the NCAA tournament is all about momentum. And when Penn State gets momentum, it's not good. It is not good at all. <laughs> so, Iowa, really the main focus is, if you're a fan, is concentrating on the guys being healthy. And if they, they're they looking good on that first-round matchup, then Hawkeye fans are going to be real excited about the weekend. But if you got some guys that are banged up early, then you can count on a trophy. The betting favorite certainly 
will be Penn State as they were for the Big Tens. As I uh, know, you saw the circuit numbers that were out there, and you could get Michigan. I think it was thirty-three to one to win the Big Tens, and they did that. How big of a gap though between Penn State and Iowa, Michigan, and everybody else? It's it's quite it's quite large. I think I know. I mean, they just have all, all every guy on their lineup really could make the stand. Um, there are a few holes in at Penn State and really all three of them, but I mean, solid up and down. Those guys are going to be your top three, I think. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know who could maybe be the surprise team. You know, I've only looked at the three in-state teams brackets. So outside of Iowa, um, I don't know who could sneak in there. You know, um, I think if you're Iowa State and you and I fans, you know, realistically, you know, getting in that top 10 will be great, especially if you're an Iowa State fan, you know, where they <laughs> barely scored any points in years past, and right. Kevin Dressler's got that team ranked in the top 10. So that's that's exciting for Iowa State fans. That's Tony Hager, IA Russell, all the coverage all week long from the NCAAs. Give it a look, and they'll keep an eye on not just what we have with Iowa, Iowa State, and you and I at D1 Nationals, but you also got the other Nationals happening across the country. What do you guys have for coverage over at IA Russell? Yeah, so we'll we'll have we're taking four people to up to Detroit next weekend. So you expect a lot of behind the scenes coverage uh, of us in the tunnel trying to get some interviews. You know, last year we weren't able, we didn't even get credentialed last year because of COVID. So oh. you know, we don't know the exact restrictions we'll have with the athletes if they will like pull them into a press room or if we, you know, with wrestling, as some people know, like we just when they get off the mat, we just put a camera right in front of the face. So if we can get that kind of access to the athletes, then we'll have a ton of behind-the-scenes coverage with our guys, um, Kirk Crittenden, Nick Ryder, and Randy Mitchell. She's going to be taking some photos, so we're excited about uh, that type of coverage. So we we didn't get to go last year, so expect um, expect some stuff that you haven't seen from us for, for a while. IARussell.com, and again, tickets available for the Night of Conflict right around the corner. Tony, good co- talking wrestling with you. Thanks so much for your time today. Uh, thanks, guys. That's Tony Hager, IA Wrestle. Again, the website where you can find all kinds of great info on wrestling here in the state of Iowa. High school, college, not just D1. They do a great job in the Night of Conflict. Nightofconflict.com, your chance to find some tickets over at Franklin Middle School. We got an hour in the book. Still one more to go. Kenny White, we're talking gambling. Yeah, imagine that. I want to talk some gambling. I'm heading to Vegas this afternoon. I got to get geared up. Kenny's going to help us with that. Shelby Mass on the brackets. David Eichold previews Iowa Northwestern. All to come here. It's Miller and Condon.